Hello, brothers, and welcome back to KKSI Presents. Thank you for joining us today, and I'm your host, Bonko, National Vice President for Student Affairs and fellow band nerd. Of course, I couldn't do all this on my own. I have some amazing help for our national communications team, our student advisor committee, and a special shout out to our editor, Ryan Smith, for all this hard work and dedication to KKSI Presents. So for all of those of you who are returner listeners, welcome back, and thank you so much for your support. For those of you joining us for the first time, welcome to our show, and we truly appreciate you joining us. This podcast is brought to you by Kappa Kappa Psi, National Honorary Band Fraternity. The purpose of this series is to provide some insight, some helpful tips, suggestions, and to simply showcase the voices of the Brotherhood in a hopefully entertaining fashion. So, we are currently in a very important time of the year called National Hispanic Heritage Month, which takes place between September 15th through October 15th. So for this episode, we are joined by a few brothers who will be sharing some of their personal insight and experiences on their culture and heritage. These will be individual interviews, but all on one episode. So please don't stop listening after the first brother speaks. We hope you enjoy. Uh, hi, um, my name is Luis Bencomo. Uh, most people know me by Luigi. Um, I'm like a fifth or sixth grade senior. Uh, I'm from the Alpha Psi chapter at West Texas A&M. Uh, my main instruments are uh, the French horn, and I also just finished my composition uh, program. Um, so yeah, that's that's me. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Luigi, for joining us for this call. Um, you know, I just wanted to kind of say that I really appreciate you taking the time. I know that you guys have a super busy week. Um, and for you to take the time to do this, it really just means a lot. Now, when it comes to KK Psy, could you tell our listeners a little bit more about your story with the fraternity? You know, how did you get involved and what are you really doing now? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so whenever I first got to uh, to college, there was always that uh, that stigma, you know, you see on TV, like what all the fraternities are doing. And it's just like all this stuff, you know, a lot of a lot of partying. And that's just not my thing. So I was like, you know what, going into college, I am not going to join any fraternity, because that's just not my thing. And then I came into school. And I heard about Kappa Kappa Psi. And I was like, Okay, I've never heard of it. Um, but then people started advertising it, not advertising, but like, you know, doing all the recruitment process and stuff like that. And, and I kind of started noticing and I was like, okay, well, if these people are in it and these were good people, I'm like, if these people are in it, then it must be something good. So I kind of started looking into it a little bit more. And then the more and more things went along, I, realize, Hey, this might be a, a thing for me. It's based on service. It's based on band, both things that I really love and have like my whole life. And, uh, so, you know, I started, to, I went to some recruitment events and realized, Hey, yeah, this is, this is totally my thing. I'm going to do this. Um, and, and now I'm here, uh, as far as the chapter goes, I, uh, just finished my term as president uh, of the Alpha Psi chapter. Uh, right now, I'm, as of a few days ago, I'm officially part of the national communications team as a, uh, a translator. So that's pretty cool. Uh, and as far as the chapter goes, I'm uh, just another another member. <laughs> that's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing. That's you know sounds like a very uh, 
Yeah, I would say still a pretty unique um, experience just because I, I do know that, you know, for, for many people, they, they come to college with different expectations. And at least for me, it was definitely a bit of a culture shock. And to find a group like KKSI to, to be a part of was definitely uh, a highlight because, um, you know, there wasn't that focus or that pressure to party and, and to, you know, be that typical um, frat person, if you will. So, um, and like we mentioned earlier in our introduction, um, obviously, you know this, but, you know, for our listeners, we are uh, in a very important time of the year known as the National Hispanic Heritage Month. So um, I wanted to chat with you a little bit more about yourself and your community. But before I, I get into that, and before we get into the conversations, I wanted to make it very clear to the listeners that we are not asking Luigi to speak on behalf of this community, but rather to speak about his personal experiences that will help us learn a little bit more about him and, and how to celebrate his differences and to give us some insight. So Luigi, my first question is, what are your general thoughts on having a set time to celebrate your culture and your heritage? Okay, so I'm of two minds on this subject. Um, first of all, I, I mean, any additional um, uh, how do you say any additional like spotlight on the Hispanic community is really good. Um, uh, obviously and in, in the part of the country that I'm in, it's, it's a, it's pretty big. So it's, it's not like it's, it's lacking. Um, but it is nice to have that month where it's just like, Hey, this is, you know, these are Hispanic people and we're here and we're, you know, we're trying to do our best. And so it's really nice to have a little bit of a spotlight. And then on the other hand, I mean, I think it's always a good, you know, a good time to celebrate being Hispanic. It's a wonderful culture and, you know, there's nothing to be ashamed of. So of it. Um, so I'm absolutely a little bit torn on, on it because I think it's just, it should be all the time, but, I'm also good with the spotlight. <laughs> no, I appreciate that. Um, and I think just, just, you know, I, I definitely would agree with you um, on those, those mentalities because, you know, of course we definitely should be, um, you know, you know, having people celebrate their culture and heritage all the time. Um, but also, you know, having a moment where we can highlight and kind of shed light on what it means to be a part of a certain culture, part of a certain community. So I definitely agree with that. So my next question for you is how would you define the word culture and why do you think it's important for our brothers to continue learning about the different cultures in our society today? Okay, so, yeah, culture to me is a, a mix of a whole lot of different things. Uh I mean, in, in Mexican cultures, uh, you know, speaking specifically, uh, you know, uh, food is very important. Uh, food is, uh, is family. You always sit down and have dinner with your family. It's a, it's where you share your, your day, how everything went. And it's just, it's very important. Food is re really important. Also, uh, music, dance, all the arts, of course, uh, us being, uh, a music fraternity, like just the arts and, and each culture has their own art and their own way to express themselves. So to me, it's a com combination of, of those two very specifically, uh, you know, many other things, but those are the ones that resonate with me. Yeah, I really appreciate that. I definitely can vibe with the food and obviously music is a big part <laughs> as well. So I, 
completely appreciate that that response. So, okay. So for my next question for you is, as an individual who is a proud Mexican-American, what is your favorite tradition and why? So it's a little bit uh, almost cliche even, but uh, Dia de los Muertos is, is a really, really cool tradition for me because um, it's – it's where you honor, you know, you honor your past. And, and it, it kind of goes back to the whole being Hispanic thing. It's just like, Hey, we're not ashamed of who we are. And this is where we came from. And I think the Los Muertos is something like that, where this is your family, you know, uh, family is very important to the Mexican culture. So it's good to celebrate, you know, uh, there's a time for mourning, but really the Los Muertos is a time to, to celebrate the people while they were alive. And, um, and so I, I really like that. And I mean, the overall aesthetic of it, I, you know, just love all the, the arts that goes into it. Again, I'm a very much into the, to the art and just visual aesthetic of that holiday. That's amazing. Thank you so much. That, I mean, yeah, that really warms my heart because again, it reminds me of, you know, like in life, there is time, where we kind of need some silence and to reflect on things, but also um, to utilize that time to share that gratitude and appreciation for those around us um, and to celebrate the, the life that we do have um, because we, you know, we have one life and to share it with family is truly so important. Um, okay, great. So for my next question here, if there was one thing you wish that all brothers could know about your heritage, what would that one thing be? Uh, maybe that, uh, I think there's, uh, you know, the, the stereotype of, uh, Mexican culture is, is very much about, I don't know, uh, not partying in, in that type of way, but like, like it's very cheerful and stuff like that. But kind of like I mentioned earlier, family is so important to the Mexican culture that, I mean, you go to any gathering and, and everybody is there. You go to a wedding and your whole family, people that you don't even know, they're there. Uh, if I go across the country and I need a place to stay, it's just like there we have family members all over town or all over the country who would be glad to take us in for the night and things like that. Just because it's, it's just such an important and interesting part of, uh, of the Mexican culture. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, no, I, I definitely, you know, just thinking about that, just again, just, it, it just reminds me of, of being able to take that moment to really um, show the appreciation um, and that gratitude to those around us. And I think, you know, I can definitely vibe with the, the, you know, the whole aspect of family being one of the most important aspects of, of a person's life. So thank you for that. So uh, my next question here, um, this, this, we're getting a little bit deeper here. So um, for those listening, you know, please listen with an open mind and open heart. So my question for you, Luigi, um, you know, oftentimes people say or do hurtful things without even knowing it. You know, they, they do, they act, they say on either assumptions, on stereotypes, but, you know, they're not meaning to be malicious but, you know, at the end of the day, it's still hurtful. So if there is, you know, and if you don't mind sharing, what are some things that you could teach us right now of what not to say or what not to do that you consider to be hurtful towards you and your culture? Okay, um, I have two. And, and, and these have been pretty, uh, pretty important, especially the past few, uh, the past few years. There's been, 
you know, this anti-immigrant sentiment all of a sudden, um, and and I mean, and and it it hurts, you know, to hear people, uh, and it's like sometimes even people you know and people you care about, and, you know, suddenly they're kind of turned against you. But um, I I think the the main thing is like, like I am, I'm Mexican born and I'm, but I'm not here to get a, like a free, a free ride. I, I work very hard for everything I have. Uh, I, I don't want, I don't want charity. I, I, I'm here to work and I'm here to contribute as much as I can to, to this society, to the American society. I'm not here to steal anybody's jobs or any, anything like that. I'm here to just make things better for, for me, for my family. And, and, and so it's, it's been a, you know, pretty heartbreaking lately to, to hear, oh, you know, they're here, they're, they're, they're bad people and stuff like that. Immigrants are bad people, but, but we, we really are not. We're just here to, to better ourselves and better the community around us. And then another one is, um, it's definitely really hurtful whenever you hear somebody like, Hey, this is America. You should be speaking, speaking English. And which I, I understand the sentiment behind that. But again, like America has always been just a melting pot of cultures. And, and that's what makes America is just all the different types of people that live inside of it. And so whenever people are like, you should, you shouldn't be speaking Spanish that that's really, really hurtful. Um, Cause it's like, it's, it's my heritage, it's my blood. And that's not something I want to give up um, because it's just so important to me. The language, uh, something I didn't mention earlier, I think the language is very important to, uh, to the culture. And it's, you're asking us to lose a part of ourselves and telling us to not speak our language. Yeah, no, I just, I thank you for that. I really appreciate your, you know, openness to, to kind of speak on that. And I think, you know, we could speak for hours and maybe days just about the hurtfulness of, of a lot of things going on in our world right now. Um, so, yeah, thank you so much. And I definitely agree that language uh, is an important part. You know, being ESL myself, I, I think that being able to speak a different language, music being one of them, um, is, you know, truly strengthens ourselves, you know, as individuals, but you know, our communities as well. Okay, so let's transition over to music. So every culture has a, u- a unique way of telling their stories and sharing their traditions through music. Can you tell us a little bit more about your thoughts on your culture's music and if it plays a role for you as a musician? Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, and again, maybe even a, a little bit cliche, but I think uh, mariachi music is is so beautiful and so rich and and in tradition and history, and I I love that. Um, but that's that's on the outside, and uh, something I I kind of want to talk about a little bit is just a folk music, like Mexican folk music, and and just like the United States, it's a very big country, and there are many different. Uh, not like subcultures, but like, but like subcultures. And there's like, you know, in the, in the Southeast, there's a lot of like, uh, Cuban influences. So the music you hear there is, is very, I don't even know how to describe it. It's just, there's, it's a very specific sound. And then the music, uh, I'm from Chihuahua. The music you hear up there has a totally different sound too. Um, 
So just the folk music, if you ever get a chance to listen to folk music from any part of the country, it's, it's beautiful. And, um, a lot of mariachi music does come from, from folk tunes and things like that. And I think that's a, that's just like a really big part of, of that culture too. It's just the, the folk music. Wow. That's awesome. Thank you so much. I, I'm excited now to do some research and to, to listen. I know, um, you know, some of my friends here were, uh, teaching me, uh, about, uh, I believe it's pronounced, uh, reggaeton and yes. <laughs> teaching me how to dance the, uh, I think it's, uh, called the bachata. So I uh, know that's, that's yeah, really exciting. Yeah. That's really exciting. So, um, you know, I know you kind of talked about it already, but do you have any suggestions on certain artists or maybe even specific songs that you would like to suggest for brothers if, if they are interested in learning more about your culture, uh, musically? Um, um, unfortunately I don't, I can't think of any off the top of my head. Um, because like, with folk music is very much like in the moment kind of thing. Uh, sure. so here's, it's, it's like, if you were like, Hey, can you name an American folk song? You kind of, there's so much and it's, it's so rich in tradition that it's just like, it would almost be doing it a, a disservice. It's just like something you just really have to delve into. And a lot of that, this music is, is ancient. It, it goes way, way back. Um, so we don't even know who the composers are. So, it, it's really kind of hard to just like narrow down just cause there's so much of it. Um, you know, if I'm going to go with a, a cliche answer to give an answer is like, uh, Pedro Fernandez, uh, for, um, for mariachi music. Like he's, he's the guy, you know, <laughs> or yeah, Pedro Fernandez, Pedro Infante. I don't know. I can't remember. Which <laughs> <laughs> no, that's awesome. I appreciate it. So for all of our listeners out there, all of our brothers, you know, my, our, our challenge for you is to, to do some research and to just listen and, and, and like Luigi said, just kind of, you know, dive into it and just immerse yourself in the, the richness of, of the music. Um, so now it's time for our fun question before we uh, end with our final question. But my fun question for you is, let's say that you are stopping at a gas station and you're starving and you're thirsty and you know, you, you go to the gas station. What is your go-to item that you're going to get? All right. So I thought about this very, very hard. It depends on the time of the day. So if it's early in the morning, I usually like the, uh, uh, the Starbucks, uh, Frappuccino drinks. Yeah. Those are great. They, you know, give me a little bit of, of a kick in the morning as I'm driving to school. Uh, and then if, if I'm taking a long drive, I always, my go-to is, the uh, Cheetos, the big $2 bags of the puffed, uh, cheese Cheetos. Those are always, always. And then I have to have a Mountain Dew because I, I, I might fall asleep driving if I don't have some caffeine in me. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I'm a huge fan of Starbucks and Cheetos myself. So, you know, I think we should party sometime. I love oh, that. Yeah. So for our final question here, um, what piece of advice or suggestion can you share with our listeners on how they can partake in celebrating Hispanic Heritage Month during this time period, but not just during the same, but maybe even also be on October 15th for any brothers out there who are just wanting to know more, wanting to help celebrate with you, um, and, and your community. Um, just, uh, awareness, I think, um, uh, 
especially right now, I think there's a, there's a lot of, again, kind of like we mentioned just with everything, uh, world events, um, it's just being aware of, of, of the culture and, um, you know, putting a stop to the stereotypes and that, and that sort of thing. Cause, uh, Mexican culture is so much more than what you see and, you know, what you always hear about and things like that. Um, so it's just being aware and again, it's just letting us just be us and, and really like live out our tradition and traditions and our culture. I think that's kind of one of the, the more important things. And, and like with me, I am perfectly fine if there's, you know, if, if you want to come celebrate with me or, or whatever, I'm again, family is my thing and we're all brothers here. So, uh, yeah, come. <laughs> awesome no i really appreciate that you know hey i i uh, you know myself and tr- i truly believe that capic MSI is so unique and so incredible in the in the fact that we celebrate diversity um not we you know, we don't celebrate just the the you know commonalities between all of us which is you know tends to be marching band music instruments whatever that may be but we also you know make an attempt to celebrate the differences uh, between one another and really trying to move beyond diversity and just to truly be inclusive of all um you know all people within our community and just again we are stronger because of, of people like yourself who are brave enough to have these conversations brave enough to to truly be yourself and to celebrate so thank you um, and I just wanted to say, you know, again, thank you for joining us today. And on behalf of the fraternity and the National Council, we truly appreciate you and admire that, you know, all that you're doing to promote KK Psy, to promote leadership and again diversity within our brotherhood. Yeah, absolutely, man. Thank you for, for having me. Hi, my name is Marina Pena Guillo. I am a life member of the Kappa Mu chapter at the University of Georgia and the New Alpha chapter at Georgia State University in the heart of Atlanta. I went to UGA first for political science and rainbology, but ultimately at Georgia State, I ended up graduating with a political science degree and finally finished a couple years ago. And I am a baritone and euphonium flute piccolo player. <laughs> That's awesome. I uh, am also a flute slash piccolo player. I <laughs> do not claim to be, I claim to be sufficient, but you know, nowhere to be as good as a lot of brothers and sisters I have found. So um, that's awesome that you play so many instruments. Uh, So my first question for you is, could you tell our listeners a little bit more about your story with KK Psy? Uh, How, you know, how did you get your start with KK Psy? How did you get involved in, uh, what are you doing now with KK Psy? So originally, when I was at the University of Georgia, I didn't know much, know much about KK side during my fall semester. But come the second semester, I was taking a, a random physical education class or that one we all have to take, just like in high school. And it was a, all the good ones, of course, were taken up because freshmen, I get last dibs on everything. So I just picked the easiest one was the walking class. And so I, there happened to be another KK side brother in there, and she was the one who ended up recruiting me into going to the different recruitment events. So I went and eventually became a brother. And my big brother was actually the district president at that time. So that was pretty cool that I got to know more about the district on a, from a different perspective than my other line members. And 
uh, what was it about the year after I went to my first national convention, which is amazing, but it was a little nerve wracking because I was the only Cap Mew who went to a national convention that year. But it was okay since I was more or less unofficially adopted by the Kappa Beta Clemson chapter that summer. They let me crash with them in the hotel room. So I mainly relied on them and the Georgia Tech chapters, which is a little funny because I was from the UGA chapter, but they were like my closest chapters of my favorite people ever. And But after that, I found out due to various circumstances, I couldn't return to Georgia and I had to take a year off and later ended up transferring to Georgia State. And by that time, the marching band was actually still just forming. It hadn't started anything. And so I met up with the athletics band director at Georgia State, who I happened to know when I was at UGA. And we talked about what I could play. He knew I played flute. And I told him, I guess I could march piccolo. But he asked me if I could march baritone because he wanted someone who had low brass SEC experience to be in the Georgia State band, help the low brass more on that aspect. But also we talked about how, even though I didn't have that much time in KGSI as an active member, I told them I didn't feel like I was done yet. I knew I still had more to learn, but I wanted, I feel like I had more to contribute, even though I didn't know what it was. So we got together with the uh, director of bands. And from then on, we, one thing led to another, we got the new alpha colony going, we got the, chapter was installed less than a year later and from then on it's just been traveling across the country around the district with my new alpha brothers and every once in a while I'll try to catch up with those from Kappa Mu but because I was still working on getting new alpha off the ground introducing to all my friends introducing them to all the contacts I already had so that's been more or less my my more or less my story just becoming a brother and then, as they say, I was reincarnated and became a brother again, went through the entire process again. So I went through an actual membership education and a colonization process, which I would maybe do it again, probably just, but just not as a, as, as a leader. I wouldn't do it as a leader. I'd be more of a, a background role, let other people take the reins. But it was fun. It had its challenges, ups and downs, but it was very rewarding overall. <laughs> that's awesome thank you much for sharing that that sounds like a, definitely a very you know a, a very genuine experience because you did have i feel like that's very unique uh to to the kksi experience um that you got to go through your experience as you know an active member from one chapter and then kind of doing it over again and i definitely appreciate your story on you know being the only um, member from a chapter at a at national convention and kind of having to room with other people. Same thing uh, for me in 2013. I was the only uh, chapter member from, from Alpha Zeta and spent a lot of time with uh, getting to know other chapters, but specifically Lambda Lambda. So no, that's awesome. So to all of our listeners, you know, earlier um, in the intro, we mentioned that we are currently in a very important time of the year known as the uh, National Hispanic Heritage Month. And, you know, I wanted to talk with uh, you, Marina, a little bit more about yourself and your community. But before we really dig into that, I just wanted to, again, make very clear for all, all, all of our listeners that when, you know, we're, when we're talking about um, people's heritage and, and, and their culture, and especially with these podcasts, you know, we are definitely not asking people to speak on behalf of the community, but rather speaking on their personal experiences that will uh, help us learn a little bit more about 
you know, the individuals and to celebrate everyone's differences. So Marina, my first question for you is, you know, what are your general thoughts on having a specific time or a set time to celebrate people's culture and heritage? I personally really love it just because most of the time I live my cultural um, lifestyle. There's a lot of things about my life that's very cultural based, but I don't to me, that's just normal. It's an everyday life thing. But so I like a time that there's at least one month where we can just take a step back and actually look at my culture instead of just walking through it every day as normal. And especially with all the different local events that happen and all the different artists and groups that are invited, but are that different organizations work together to set up all these different things so that not just us Hispanics can learn more about our own cultures and about everyone else, but seeing just a bunch of different communities just coming together and just celebrating a culture that many people don't, might not have as deep of an understanding in it. As, but even within Hispanics, we're, I'm still learning about different cultures in the Hispanic community. And I think that's a beautiful thing. It's just like with KK Sai, no matter how many conventions you go to, there's still something new that you learn every single time. And the same thing with especially as as rich and diverse the Hispanic culture is, there's always something beautiful to learn and different people you can meet along the way. I love that. That is very powerful. No, thank you for that insight. Just, you know, I think people often forget too that as we look at these celebrations that um, it's not just about the celebration aspect, but it's also a reflection aspect as well for those even within the community to learn more about themselves, to learn more about their history um, and just to kind of have that moment to to reconnect because I think you are right. Sometimes, you know, from day to day, we kind of lose that appreciation or, you know, that, that love for ourselves and uh, our heritage. So I, yeah, I really appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, so my next question for you is how would you define the word culture and why do you think it's important that our brothers continue to learn about the different cultures within today's society? Uh, for me, culture is a sort of a way of life that's shared by and connects a bunch of group of people. It can be you know, made up of different, or particularly unique traditions, arts, values, beliefs, or even symbols that will get passed down from one generation to the next. And I think it's really important for our brothers to continue learning about other cultures, not just to, in a, basically, not to use the word culture again, but, but to create a culture of respect and understanding. Because when it comes, when you're learning more about different people and finding out where they came from, learning more about their families, at the when you get to the root of it, where despite our differences and how different our families might celebrate different traditions or different have different celebrations, when it comes down to it, we have more similarities, I feel, than differences. And I think that will is what pre- helps create a culture of respect and understanding and seeing that we're not as different as maybe some people paint each other to be. Sure. Yeah. No, thank you. I, I definitely um, can relate to to that response just because I think for me, um, growing up as well, um, learning a lot about different other, you know, other cultures, I did learn that there are a lot of similarities, um, you know, between cultures and, you know, for example, family, uh, you know, from our previous uh, 
person that we interviewed, um, he mentioned that, you know, family is such a huge part of the Hispanic culture. And I was like, you know, same here. So it's really interesting to, to take that time to really see the commonality between cultures um, and just to really to see how much culture means to, to, you know, individuals within these communities. Um, okay. So my next question for you is, so as an individual who is a proud Hispanic, what is your favorite tradition and why? My favorite tradition is definitely our Noche Buena, which is what many people is their Christmas Eve. But we celebrate our Christmas basically two days. Christmas Eve for us, it's getting together even like early afternoon. And from then until midnight, it's just nonstop entertainment with like the cousins all hanging out together, the uncle, all the, the adults um, older than me, because I still hang out with my cousins during this part of the celebration. It's just all just being together, to, um, enjoying it, time together. Because more, more or less what might end up happening is people coming in from out of state, if we're fortunate, and we'll have family members come from out of the country to also come visit us, which is a very rare occurrence. And when it does happen, it's more special in a way because it's times where not many of our families can travel out of their, out of the countries. And so when that does happen, it's amazing. And so for our about the majority of the Christmas Eve, we're all, it's all food and games and laughter and dancing and so much music. Then come midnight, it's you know officially Christmas and we're doing a lot of um, different religious songs. And then comes the at least easily five hours of opening, opening gifts. And it's not just the, okay, here's one gift. Right now you open it. Okay, next person. It's all an adventure. One person opening a gift can last easily 10 minutes depending on how um, enthusiastic, um, to say the least, we can get what's opening gifts and we can get kind of rowdy. And of course, we have to pass the gift around and everyone sees what everyone got. And it's it's so much fun because by the time that we're all done opening gifts, it might be easily, let's say, the first group of people might leave around six, seven in the morning at the earliest. Well, everyone goes their separate ways, has a little nap, and then we all convene again to do it all over again until easily three or four in the morning the next that next day. So that's my favorite part, just like all the family, the bonding, the fact that I don't get to see many of my cousins at all. It, we're just a, a lovely, rowdy, loving bunch. We poke, poke fun of each other, but that's like you were mentioning another someone said family is important and especially with the cousins, my cousins, we have, you know, such a deep connection with each other. And when we do are able to get together, we don't want to leave. That's awesome. No, thank you so much for sharing that. I really appreciate hearing just the enthusiasm you have for just, you know, the, the type of bonding and the memories that you can, you know, you can see as you're talking about this, you can hear uh, the, the love just kind of exuding from you hearing about you know the experiences you had the memories you have with your family all right so my next question for you is if there was one thing you wish all brothers could know about your heritage what would that one thing be i think the biggest thing would be the diversity that is in the hispanic culture not just even the hispanic culture even if we just take my birth country mexico there are hundreds of languages that are spoken in mexico which of course everyone knows the predominant 
Spanish language, which is, which is I'm guessing about 90-ish percent of the entire country speaks. But that other 10 percent, it's hundreds of indigenous languages, all these dialects of, that have survived the years, decades, hundreds of years of since they were first created. And it's just beautiful of how many different languages aside from Spanish there are. And not many people realize that they're even still around and there are, they're, they're very much alive and well. It just depends if you're fortunate enough to find that small town or even a city in certain parts of Mexico or any Hispanic country. It's, I think that's one of my favorites, like just the diversity of how even one country's culture can be really. (laughs) <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you. Now, I think it's, uh, it is really power, powerful when you look at the, you know, just, I guess, people's assumptions when they look at a group of people from a certain country, or they just kind of assume that like, you know, this is what we hear. So this must be that all that's true. And just hearing from, from my friend group, um, that, you know, reaffirming that there are so many different languages and, you know, with, you know, sub sub languages, um, uh, sub, uh, com- um, communities within, the Mexican community as well. So, uh, yeah, I think that's super powerful. So my next question for you, Marina. Um, so oftentimes people do or say hurtful things without knowing it. Again, a lot of times it's based on assumptions or it's just through a lack lack of of knowledge. So if you don't mind, if you could share some insight, um, on one thing that you would want to teach us right now of what not to say, or of what not to do that you consider be hurtful, what would that be? Well, I think you already mentioned one of the big things and which is probably why it's one of my biggest pet peeves is not making assumptions about someone's nationality or their citizenship status just because of the color of the skin or what language they happen to be speaking, especially because making certain kind of comments that is very disrespectful, especially if you know nothing about them, because a lot of times and it doesn't even necessarily have to do with towards Hispanics. Like you don't know what someone's been through, what they've had to do to get to that point in their life. And so a lot of times some t- making s- certain hurtful comments just based on assumptions that you might have someone in your family or someone in your group of friends or maybe someone in the media has made you led you to believe certain to think in a certain way it's going to ultimately you're not going to look like a very decent human being and I think that goes on to the next thing which is learning to be kind with your words and like one of the biggest comments that I still even now continue to hear is not saying things like, and I'm sure we've all seen different videos around social media, going around telling someone, this is America. You need to speak English, not Spanish. Making those kind of comments where we're not going to apologize. It, I'm never going to apologize if I'm speaking a foreign language that someone doesn't understand because that's my culture. That's what I probably feel more comfortable at the moment in speaking. And I love that fact that I'm bilingual because I can turn my brain from English to Spanish, or sometimes the words in both languages will start mixing in my head where that I will end up. That's why I end up getting tongue tied a lot of the time because both languages are fighting to get through. But yeah, it's, just being careful with what you say, like don't make very obvious kind of comments. Like this is 
that's one of the things that beautiful things about I think about the US is like how much of a melting pot it is, how many different languages you can hear. There's this one road in Atlanta called Buford Highway. Many of it know as as International Highway because of all the different restaurants, the different languages you can hear just by walking down the long stretch of road and just being mindful and remembering that you don't really know anything about that person. And so just don't make assumptions about anyone, especially if you don't know them. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. You know, on, I think one of the, the things that I have learned, and I think, um, you know, you, you kind of made me think about this with your responses, you know, especially when we're talking to brothers and, you know, again, people say and do hurtful things and, you know, with people that we don't know and are people that are being just like outright rude and, um, outright racist sometimes, uh, or, you know, just being bigoted, it's sometimes easier just to kind of brush them off and be like, you know what, I'm not giving you the time of day. Um, but when it comes to people that are close to us, our brothers, I think it is kind of hard to kind of maneuver those conversations. And because then we also have to, you know, when people make assumptions or say things that are like, all right, how do we tell them that's not right? How do we say it in a way that doesn't offend them either? I think it's really important. And that's why I'm glad we're having these type of conversations to kind of open up um, and just being, you know, open hearted and open minded to learning that, you know what? I have my assumptions. I, you know, I've had my assumptions and, you know, you have told me, you know, you have told me that, uh, you know, this isn't good. This isn't right to say, or, you know, like your assumptions are wrong. Um, I'm being on both sides, being able to take that to heart be like, you know what, I'm going to do better. And just kind of, you know, and, you know, as, as POCs, just kind of having that conversations with, um, ourselves and with our brothers of how to maneuver these conversations, I think is truly, truly important. So no, thank you so much for your response. So my next question for you, um, we're going to trans transition over to music. So every culture has a pretty unique way of telling their stories and sharing their traditions through music. So can you tell us a little bit more about your thoughts on your culture's music and if it plays a role for you as a musician? I think it does. Um, when I first, I remember when I was younger, I would only listen to a certain kind of music. And then as my family started introducing me to other people that ended up becoming family friends. Like I started learning more about, you know, as through other years went by when, since I was little, just meeting Colombians, uh, Salvadorians, Puerto Ricans, the the very lively Dominicans of the Caribbean, um, there are Brazilians, Argentinians, all these different people. It's just, and then actually going to their parties and hearing the different kind of music that they had. And you could vary that just, obviously you'll see the differences in the way they, we act, the way we treat each other sometimes and a lot of their food, especially. But when it came down to their music, it was one of those things where this, I, again, with the diversity and the differences, like there was very obvious differences in our music. But again, it comes with like the same thing with people in general. When you get to, when you actually really listen to the music, you hear a lot of the similarities, especially at like the very root of it. And I think that's helped me appreciate, gain like a, a wider range of respect and a deeper appreciation of music from not just within the Hispanic culture, but when I go as a musician to perform new pieces of music or if I'm listening to 
a brand new ensemble. I remember the first time I ever watched Riverdance when I was with my high school band and I had never really heard that kind of music, but I thought, I remember hearing some of my fellow band members saying, this is really weird. They make like little jokes here and there. And I'm just sitting there thinking, this is the coolest thing I have ever seen. This is fantastic. I love it. And there were parts in the, in that music that I felt, I know it's like very far from Hispanic countries, but I found, I felt a connection with part of the music because I felt like part of it did relate to my culture a little bit. And so I think because of how diverse my, my Hispanic culture music can be, I'm able to not quickly judge other music and better appreciate how the different levels and sections of different music, even if it's like by a, a famous composer or by any indigenous group that's playing their own music, you hear, you feel something in each music that relates back to your own culture. Because I mean, as we all have been saying, I think every brother agrees, we all know that music is a universal language. And once you really understand that and are able to respect it and understand your, I think also your own culture's music, you have, you do gain a deeper sense of, uh, of appreciation for different kinds of music, uh, music as a musician, whether you're a performer or an audience member, just enjoying the show. That's awesome. No, thank you. I, one, I definitely agree with Riverdance. Uh, I, we played a piece in high school, Lord of the Dances, I believe it was. Yes. And legit, one of the, I mean, like it was so repetitive, but it was so cool. <laughs> I was like, this is my jam. Um, and just, you know, I, I definitely think that, you know, when we are listening to other cultures, other countries' music, there are lots of things that kind of come across themes. Um, you know, they, they, there are, you know, music comes from, uh, or help, helps us uh, connect to emotional places um, and connect to, to memories. But even when you're looking at, you know, the basics or the, you know, the fundamentals, the fundamentals of, of music, there are a lot of similarities across. So I know that in Vietnamese music, um, there's a lot of, influence from you know music that like the some uh music from samba and, and cha-cha there's a lot of that influence um in far east asia as well so again it's really nice to kind of see that connective tissue in between um just you know and again in the universal language kind of connecting people and i never really truly would have noticed that if i didn't have band to kind of open my eyes or I guess my ears uh, to, to these different types of music. So, so, you know, when we're talking about music here, did you have any suggestions on maybe certain artists, songs, or uh, specific genres within, um, within Hispanic music uh, that you would suggest your brothers if they are interested in learning more? I think one of the coolest things that brothers should look into are just to really look at the, even if it's on YouTube, just go look up Aztec, Incan, Mayan, indigenous Hispanic music, and especially the video, watch the videos, because a lot of the time you'll see different instruments that you don't traditionally see in Western music, with like it's things that go beyond the mariachi trumpet or the violin or tra- traditional flute or typical um 
drums. Like I love the how the the different instruments you'll be able to see in all these indigenous cultures. How a small little instrument can create, for example, the like the sound of a jaguar or a certain birds. And while well, at first it was like, yeah, this is really cool. It can make that sound. But if you see how depending on if you know how to manipulate to that particular instrument, not just with your hands, but also with your embouchure. And it's the air that you have to use to make it create the sound and the way that you want it to be. And just blending it in with all the other indigenous instruments to create one piece of music. It's, I think it's just so fascinating. And when brothers go and look those kind of music up, I encourage them just to like sit back and just close their eyes and just let the music take them to a whole new era, a whole new world. I mean, I'm, I've been watching Aladdin. So recently that's probably why I still only said a whole new world, but it's really cool. Just imagining being in a completely different time zone and just letting it fill you, just like let it fill your soul, your body. It, I, I think it's just one of the more unique aspects of our culture are the different indigenous music and the instruments that many people aren't very aware of. I love that. So to all of our brothers, all of our listeners, we have an assignment for you. After the podcast, go to YouTube and search for, you said indigenous uh, Aztec, Mayan, Incan music. Is that correct? All right, brothers, we have an assignment for you. We hope we'll, we'll, we'll touch base on this at some point. So, all right. So my next question before our final question is, I guess, sort of a, Fun question, if you will. So let's paint the scene. We are heading to the next national convention. And you're in the car and you're super hungry and you're thirsty. We stop at a gas station. What is the one thing? What is your one to go, uh, go to thing? Um, I think it depends on what state we're in. Um, <laughs> usually my go to thing that I will always look for and it'll depend if there's a Hispanic culture in that area, there's these things called gancitos. So think of it like a, a Mexican Twinkie, but it's has the jelly filling, the creamy filling, and it's covered in chocolate and has chocolate sprinkles. So that's my favorite thing in the entire world. Um, but if not that, you know, I'll start with the, the peanut M&Ms. That, that's always a second go-to. If I'm not around a very big Hispanic cultural area, that, that's my go-to. The, definitely peanut butter M&M's. You know, I have a huge sweet tooth. So like, all I want to do now is to go grab all of what you just said. Uh, that's awesome. I love it. So now we know um, if, if anyone is going to be traveling with Marina in the future to any conventions, you know what her go-to, go-tos are. All right. So for my final question here, what piece of advice can you share with our listeners about how they can partake in celebrating Hispanic Heritage Month um, during this time period, but also beyond October 15th? What advice do you have? I would say just um, go out or even just look up if your city or there's your community is doing a local um, Hispanic Heritage Festival or some sort of celebration, especially if, and I go back to the indigenous music one, if they, especially if they advertise that there's going to be an indigenous group performance there, because to see it live is, I think, one of the most breathtaking experiences I've ever had. I was fortunate to be able to witness a couple in Mexico the last few times I was able to visit, uh, which is the first time in my life since first since I first came to the States, but 
just being able to just take a group of friends, even if you, because I know many people don't want to go out by themselves, especially surrounded by people they don't really know or might not feel comfortable, but just grab like one or two other people, go explore, have fun, enjoy the music, enjoy the food. I know the food is definitely one of my favorite parts of my culture, uh, hands down, next to music, of course, but the food, oh my goodness, it's fantastic. But um, I would also just suggest being able to, well, I wouldn't suggest specifically going out to befriend an Hispanic fr- person because of this, but if you happen to have any Hispanic friends, you get close to their families, you never know. They might invite you to a quinceanera party and the food there is just significantly better because you know there's going to be so many leftovers or even going to any Hispanic party because chances are they'll probably encourage you to take leftovers with you and there you go. You've got a couple lunches for that following week at work. <laughs> I love that so much. So one again now I just I'm just hungry which is fine um but I you know what I think it would be great if so whoever um decides to maybe even you know run for national office someday if you run on the platform of bringing brothers together over food and the different (laughs) foods of our brothers you know culture I will vote for you I promise um so no I love that so much and I think you know you know, alongside with music, food is such a great way to get to know, um, you know, to get to know a community, to get to know people's heritage. And I mean, really, and at the end of the day, it's really about bringing people together and kind of celebrating what you guys have together. So I 100% appreciate that so, so much. And before I kind of close this meeting, I don't know if I'm allowed to talk to this uh, about this on a national podcast, but I'm going to do it anyways. Uh, Marina and myself and many, many others are avid Pokemon goers. And I just want to put that out there that, you know, if you are a brother that plays Pokemon Go, you are not alone. There's a Facebook page for it and everything too. You know, let's, you know, let's all add each other and let's just be friends. And um, I really do hope that this um, food festival for KK side becomes true someday. So anyways, Marina, thank you so, so very much for, for joining us today and for, you know, talking on your experiences and your perspective and sharing all of that with us. Um, very, very beneficial. And on behalf of the fraternity and the national council, I just wanted to say, we appreciate and admire you for all that you do to promote KKSI leadership, women within band and alumni involvement within this brotherhood. So thank you so much. And um, yeah, we hope that you have a great, great time celebrating this time and just beyond October 15th as well. All right. Thank you so much for having me. It's been fun. Hello, uh, my name is Andy Cifuentes. I'm a senior music therapy major at uh, Southwestern Oklahoma State University. I'm part of the Epsilon Epsilon chapter, and this year I'm actually serving as the Southwest District member at large. Um, a couple of the instruments I play, um, primarily trumpets, and then I also play guitar as well on top of that. I kind of got into KSI um, through a couple friends I had as my freshman year, a lot of them were upperclassmen and they were all in this organization that I would always see like KK Psy. I was always wondering, you know, what do they do? Like, what do these letters mean? What does this all have to do with band? And they, you know, started inviting me out to little social events and everything. And that's whenever I started to realize, oh, it's not just an organization. It's actually a service group. You know, I started seeing all the things they started doing during football games, concert setups. And it was something that I was immediately like, this is something I want to 
help with. This is something I want to be a part of. You know, it's everything that I like. You know, it's band, it's helpfulness. It's like it's everything involved into one organization. And so as soon as I was eligible, you know, I started my process and then I ended up becoming initiated in the fall of 2016 now. So going on three years and it's been an amazing journey ever since. That's awesome. Thank you uh, so much for sharing, Andy. I think that, you know, your, the story that you're sharing um, of, of how you got started with KK Psy, I think it's, uh, you know, I think a lot of brothers resonate with that. Um, I myself remember being in band and um, I see in KK, you know, pitchfork is like, what, what, what is that? <laughs> you know, like, I, I don't know what this means. And uh, I really had no understanding of uh, Greek culture, um, Greek letters, you know? Uh, so I definitely uh, can, can, can um, appreciate your story of not knowing, but then really seeing the more meaningful activities that the group was doing. And I was like, this is, you know, stuff I've, I've been doing since, you know, high school band is that, that really that service oriented aspect um, that people were really, you know, people just wanted to give back. So yeah, th thank you so much for sharing that. Um, so for all, all of our listeners out there, you know, we, we mentioned earlier, uh, we are currently in a very important time of the year known as National Hispanic Heritage Month. Um, so Andy, I wanted to chat with you a little bit more about yourself and your community. Um, but before you know, we really get into it, uh, I wanted to make clear once again for our listeners that I'm not asking Andy to speak on behalf of, of the community, but rather to speak on his personal experiences um, that will help us learn a little bit more about him and help celebrate his differences and, and uh, things that are important to him. So Andy, my, my first question for you is, what are your general thoughts on having a set time to celebrate your culture and heritage? Um, well, I think it's uh, very important. Um, being a music therapy major, I'm able to experience tons of different um, minority groups and everything, like either the LGBTQ+, um, racial minority groups, all sorts of like, you know, groups that always don't get as much representation as they might need. So I think even if it's just for a few days, just to kind of, you know, call out like, hey, this is here, you know, at least kind of observe it a little bit. I think it's important for like everybody to get as much representation as possible so they don't feel left out in some way. Sure, sure. No, I, I really appreciate that. I definitely agree. Um, having, a, a, you know, a moment where, you know, I think it's in a way um, it, it kind of helps us move beyond diversity and really shifting our actions into being more inclusive um, and really sharing the narrative or allowing others to share their stories in a way um, and to really shed light on some of the important factors uh, and the important issues that other communities face. Um, and again, really coming down to it, you know, it all coming down to celebrating people's differences. So, uh, I really appreciate that. So my next question for you, Andy, is how would you define the word culture and why do you think it, that it's important for brothers to continue to learn about different cultures in today's society? Um, the way I would view culture, like, or at least define it would just be kind of how a person may carry themselves. Um, you know, if you come from a culture of you know, everything is very family oriented, you know, it's going to affect how you go about your friendships and everything else. Where if you kind of may have a different kind of culture growing up and seeing it, it really affects a ton of your personality. 
Um, and I think that experiencing a ton of different cultures, you know, not just your own, it gives everybody that bit of experience. You know, it doesn't have to be too crazy involved, but at least being aware of this culture or that culture, it can spread out, you know, a lot of that knowledge and how you just mentioned like that inclusivity. So people can be a little more knowledgeable about the world around them. Yeah. I love that definition. Yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah. I mean, I just, you know, just really thinking about culture, um, you know, it's just, I definitely agree with that. Just a way that people kind of hold themselves and, and the standards that they hold themselves to the expectations. And, and I mean, you even look at cultures within chapters, cultures among, you know, uh, among the different, uh, campus, you know, uh, university campuses and, and, um, yeah, I think it is really important to kind of really dig deep into in, really seeing how culture helps define us as individuals, um, and it also helps connect us as well. So, great. So, my, my next question for you, um, as an individual who uh, you know who is a proud Hispanic, what is your favorite tradition and why? I would say my favorite tradition, and it sounds a little silly, um, is the food. You know, a lot of the food that we celebrate, like some with my, some of my family is, you know, kind of special for certain times of the year. Um, for example, tamales are very popular around Christmas time or like the fall season. Um, there's a lot of fall events like Dia de los Muertos is like really popular. Um, they do a lot of sugar skulls and a lot of like candies and stuff like that. They always make a ton of different types of food. And I think food is probably one of my favorite kind of traditions. <laughs> that's awesome i um well i mean I, I i definitely i just you know when it comes to food i'm just gonna be real honest here i mean it is just such a powerful powerful aspect of any community um i think that it, it food really brings people together and, and and i i love that you mentioned it because you know the, the other interviews i have done for for uh the series you know they often talk about food as well um and i think it's interesting because myself included and and many others who who are um you know people of color often say oh you know this may be cliche or they this may be silly uh, and it's i'm curious to why you know what it is that makes us say that um because i mean really at the end of the day it's like you know it's our culture and i, I think it goes back to what you were saying is like having that time period to really shed light on on why these things are so important and again food is something i think i could talk about for for a very very long time um so before i get on a rant about food let's let's move on to our next question here um so if there's one thing that you wish all brothers could know about your heritage what would that one thing be? Um, and kind of like how you said at the very beginning, uh, I'm not speaking on behalf of the entire community, um, but one thing I kind of always saw within my family and uh, especially my dad's side of the family, because that's where there's still family living down in Mexico and everything. Uh, it's a very um, meek kind of community. You know, nobody's ever too um, vain. It's all a very humble type of community. And I think that's like how we said a little while ago, it's part of the culture, you know, always be striving to something more and never be really too vain or brag about themselves. That's awesome. Yeah. I, 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 you know, there's, there's this definitely um, some, there's something very powerful just really looking at the simplicity of some aspects of a certain culture. And I think, 
you know, it really does help define who we are as individuals and how we handle a lot of the ups and downs in life. And to me, it's really powerful too, because you look at, you look at, you know, how, you know, you look at the diversity of KK side, you really look at, you know, the, the, the concept or the idea, or I guess it's more of a belief that diversity makes us stronger. And when you talk about, you know, traits like humility, um, traits of, of, of family, um, I mean, those are traits that make our fraternity stronger as well. So, uh, yeah, I, I just, I really appreciate that. Um, so for my next question here, you know, oftentimes people, including our brothers, um, they can do or say hurtful things without knowing it, without any malicious intent, just simply, they may not know or simply because, um, you know, they just, they don't know the, the full picture. So if there, you know, if there's, one thing that you could teach us right now that you don't want, you know, brothers to say or do in the future that you could, you consider hurtful. What would that one thing be? Um, one thing that definitely kind of rubs me the wrong way is kind of using accents unnecessarily. Um, I've had a ton of experiences with, you know, some not so nice people who happen to use accents in a derogatory way or even just kind of mocking some things. For example, Cinco de Mayo is a really popular holiday, but there are a ton of people who see it just as a drinking holiday. And you'll see them kind of just dressing up in like sarapes or ponchos and then just go out drinking rather than really appreciating what uh, that day might be for. So kind of just doing things in a mocking kind of way is something that always has rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah, I... Yeah, I, I, it's just, it's really interesting to see as well, because, because you hear a lot of these, you know, it, I would say I, I hear people utilize accents to, like you said, kind of mock different cultures and, and different um, people. Um, and it's one of the most common is to really just dig into the stereotypes and it's always funny because um i will have for example you know when um when i'm in class um you know when i was still in school i people you know i would go through a period of time where i didn't talk to people or you know people didn't talk to me and and you know when they finally did talk to me like oh my gosh you know i didn't you speak english so well i i didn't think you could you know you could speak english i thought you spoke like this and they would you know they would utilize that stereotype and it's like I don't, I don't know if this is a compliment or anything, but, uh, and you know, then and, and the reason I mentioned this is because it's kind of hard to have these conversations with these people because you don't want to, you know, you don't want to, to make them feel bad, but you also don't want them to continue doing this. Um, so I, you know, this is why I'm, I'm glad we're having this conversation and to all of our brothers listening out there. I mean, this is, this is important stuff. And I think, when we really look at ourselves as individuals and looking at our privilege, we sometimes have to just kind of accept that we may do hurtful things, say hurtful things, and we may not mean to, uh, it doesn't make us a bad person, but we have to recognize that we are, you know, that, you know, our actions and the things that we say can hurt people and we need to check ourselves. And I think it's that being open-minded and open-hearted, uh, and that willingness to check ourselves is, I think this is what's gonna, what is going to help us, um, build a stronger community within KK Psy and to be really um, inclusive of, of one another and to be accepting of one another. So Andy, thank you for that, um, for your willingness to, to share that. 
So let's let's go ahead and sh- and transition over to music. So every culture, in, in my opinion, has a very u- a unique way of telling their stories and sharing their traditions through music. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about your thoughts and your culture's music and uh, if it plays a role for you as a musician? Um, I would say that it definitely has. Um, both my parents are very musical people. Uh, my dad, you know, he did a little bit of music with his family. Some of his like brothers and cousins they were in bands growing up and my mom was also in band growing up as well not necessarily any sort of hispanic music but she was in marching band um but my dad he would always listen to songs anytime he would work or anytime he would be outside or inside just working on something just hanging out and so since like a young age i've always been you know hearing this type of music and it's definitely kind of formed my current taste in music being a uh, half guitar primary, I play, you know, just a ton of different things on guitar. And some of my favorite stuff is, you know, some old mariachi stuff or like ranchera stuff. Just kind of playing that sort of style is really fun. Oh, I love that. So you're you're kind of getting into the, the next question, which is a great segue here. So let me ask you this. What, what suggestions do you have um, or do you have any suggestions on certain artists, uh, specific artists, songs, um, any other genres of music that you would like for brothers to look more into just to kind of as a way of learning more about your culture musically? Um, no artist really sticks out immediately, but definitely look into older stuff. Um, you know, not, a lot of the modern stuff kind of strays away from some of the traditions that we may be talking about. But a lot of the older stuff, uh, I'd say Vincente Fernandez, he has a lot of great hits. Um, but a lot of the older stuff has, speaks a lot more on the traditions and kind of like lifestyle. And it'd be really interesting for people to kind of hear that and look up some of the lyrics and see what they're really talking about in those songs. That's awesome. Uh, so brothers, for those of you who are listening, you have a, a homework assignment. You know, you've heard about our, you know, our other guests talk about their suggestions. Uh, here's another suggestion for you to look more into. Uh, again, this is a great, great way to really, you know, food obviously was my, it would be my go-to, but obviously music, I'm going to kind of have to talk about music here. It's another great way to learn about uh, another culture and really dive in into the important values and, and traditions of, of uh, someone's heritage. So awesome. So uh, Andy, uh, before I get to my last closing question here, I had a, I have a fun question for you. Now I've already asked the other two about the gas station. Can I ask you a different one? Is that okay? Sure. <laughs> okay. Very cool. Oh, okay. Let me, let me see. Okay. So let's, let's, let's say this. Um, so my fun question for you is if you, let's say you were driving, like, you know, you're in a car and you're going somewhere and a spider out of nowhere, just like down your face, like right in front of your face, what do you do? I would probably break immediately. <laughs> Even if I was on the highway, I think that'd be my first instinct is just hit my brakes. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Uh, I love that because um, I, I've had some, I think I asked this question to only other, one other person and they're like, I don't think I would do anything like, it, you know, it would be dangerous. Um, uh, you know, I, I would just keep going. I was like, no, I would burn the whole entire car down. Like everything would, everything would burn. So <laughs> I appreciate that. All right. So for, um, my, my last question here, uh, 
what piece of advice can you share with our listeners and our brothers about how they can partake in celebrating Hispanic Heritage Month uh, during this time period between September 15th and October 15th, but also beyond October 15th? What uh, piece of advice can you share with our, with our brothers so that they can learn more about your, your heritage, about your culture and partake in the celebration? Um, I would say just go out and read something. Uh, it can be either about some of the architecture that's down in Mexico. You know, Mexico City has a ton of old antique like architecture styles, learning some of the important landmarks or maybe some of the old traditional dances, but just learn about something new. You know, I see this a lot, how I mentioned with the Cinco de Mayo thing. I wouldn't say just go out and eat tacos and say you're celebrating. You know, we talk about food, but that's not necessarily the correct way. So maybe just go out and learn something new about it. That'd be something appreciative. Awesome. No, I I really appreciate that. I think that's going to be a really great way to just, you know, to to do our research, um, to do our research and to really dive into sort of that more educational process, I think really helps us shift our framework into understanding that, you know, some, I mean, I, I may be incorrect here, but I would say most, if not all the cultures are older than American culture, American culture. And I think that we need to kind of reshift our mind frames into understanding that there's so much to learn, but all these other cultures that, it's not just like you said about going to eat tacos or going to, you know, take to do these celebrations. It's so much more than that. Um, and I think, again, um, I think beyond food, there's music, there's, you know, reading, there's like dances like you mentioned, there's so many things for people to really dive into. So thank you for that. Um, Andy, I just wanted again, once again, just to say thank you so much for joining us today uh, on behalf of the fraternity and the national council. Just wanted to say that we truly appreciate you and admire all that you're doing to promote KKSI, to promote leadership and to our brotherhood. Thank you for having me. It's, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Um, and a huge thanks to all of our listeners today as well. Uh, if you like this episode, then please share and suggest our podcast series to another brothers a day and subscribe if you haven't already done so. Uh, you know, we do this not to hear ourselves talk, but to share some insight uh, that could be meaningful for you. But we also need your help in finding topics to cover and brothers to join me, such as Andy, um, to join me as guests on our show. So if you have any suggestions, please feel free to reach out to me. Uh, Again, thanks again for joining us on KKSI Presents. My name is Bonko, and uh, we wish you all much love today. Thank you. A huge thanks to all of our listeners for joining today. If you like this episode, then please share, suggest, or podcast to another brother today, and subscribe if you haven't already done so. We don't do this to hear ourselves talk. We do this to share insight that could be meaningful for you. But we also need your help in finding topics to cover and brothers to join me as guests on the show. If you have suggestions, please reach out to me at bonco at kkpsi.org. That's B-A-N-G-C-O at kkpsi.org. Thanks again for joining us on KKSI Presents. My name is Bonco, and I wish you much love today. And as always, AEA. 